0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Josh here. Carl is behind the camera, um, which is not normal. And we have a bunch of friends with us. And today what we want to do is do something a little bit different by actually having a dialogue about race, multiculturalism, and the church. Uh, We're all aware of what has happened over this last week, and many of us are trying to make sense of it. Uh, The murder of George Floyd is actually something that has caused a lot of people to have a lot of questions about race, has brought up a lot of feelings for folks that are from different ethnicities, and has really caused a lot of pain in the black community uh, here in Saskatoon. And so what we want to do today is have a a conversation that not only is about truth, but also about grace and hope. And so I have some friends here that are going to help us to do that. And so if you would, introduce yourself your background and uh, just what your favorite food is. Let's, let's do that, favorite food.
1: Okay. Uh, my name is Christina. Uh, my background, my mom is from Ecuador and South America. My dad is British, from he's from England. Um, and so I'm, I'm a mix of those two. So half Hispanic, half, uh, I guess you could say English. Uh, my favorite food, oh, it's a tough one. I'm a foodie, so I love a lot of different kinds. Um, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be pizza for sure.
2: Uh, My name is Claria, and both of my parents are from Chile in South America. So I am fully Hispanic, loud and proud. Um, If I had to pick my favorite food, I would probably say poutine. I love French fries, cheese curds, and gravy. I'm all about it. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Love
4: it. Uh, My name is Elise. I was born and raised in Vancouver to two Chinese immigrants from Hong Kong. Um, and if I were to pick a favorite food, it would be sushi because, like a good Chinese Canadian, I am lactose intolerant, and sushi covers that base for me. So,
3: right, that's a nice one. Uh, my name is Coyote. I am Nigerian, and um, fully Nigerian. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't get the uh, a shot at being half this and half that. But it's okay, Um, and the way we say it, I'm black and proud, cause black don't crack. (laughs) Don't mind me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Favorite food, now that's gonna be a tough one because if I said what it is, you probably won't be able to relate uh, with that. Well, so I'll make it easy. Favorite food, give me some rice with some fried plantain and chicken and fish and um, some lovely uh, spicy stew, and I'll be good.
5: And my name is Court, and I am a Métis man, uh, born and raised here in Saskatoon. And uh, my favorite food has to be um, spaghetti. Spaghetti and meat sauce. I love it. I'm Josh Singh,
0: (laughs) I'm half East Indian, Punjabi, to be perfectly clear, and French Canadian, vive le Québec libre, Uh, and my favorite food is my mother's sardine curry, which, I mean, I know it sounds funky, but it's amazing. I'm just gonna say about that. So. So this last week, there's a a lot that has happened. So how have the events from this last week, the the public murder of George Floyd, social media reactions, protests, riots, how how have those things affected you? And anybody can go at any time. Don't worry about being Uh, polite.
3: Well, for me, it's... um it's been another sad reminder of the realities that um, people face, people who are racialized. And um, coming from a background of someone who's done quite a bit of study into discrimination and um, racism, it it's just a stark reminder of the fact that this is real. And watching several versions of that event, different video clips. Uh, It's just heart-wrenching. I've stopped watching it. I've stopped watching it because watching life ebb out of a human being in the hands of another human being with the victim pleading for his life and the aggressor having no feeling whatsoever of the need to have mercy on the other person, it's tough. And it's tougher when you have a 12-year-old son who asks you what is going on. It's it's tough. And of course, he he looks at himself and he begins to ask himself, is this what people go through? Up to the point that, you know, he just blotted out saying, Thank God I don't live in the US. Now that's a tough one. That shows how deeply it affected the young man. And of course, these are things that we've discussed in my family. We had to go over it again. And um, for me, that's a sad reminder of one reason why I am not always excited crossing the border. At my age, I still went on a trip to the US in July. Uh, My son had an international soccer competition. And all through the 10 days that I was there, I was extremely careful with the way I drove. You would have thought I was a learner, but I did that because I didn't want to have any incident, any case of being stopped by a cop and having to explain myself. And that definitely is very tough. But that's what some people live through every day tough
4: um i would say uh it was extreme i was angry i was sad um it was so gruesome and it it was just brutal it was brutal i can't think of another word to describe what the events were but just brutal um and we're coming out of a season where um discrimination against asian canadians has been extremely high because of the coronavirus um, and actually one of my own cousins in downtown vancouver was stopped and harassed by uh, someone on the street because of his because he was asian um, he spat on he was coughed on and he was called all sorts of racial slurs and this is in vancouver just supposed to be a diverse city right um and actually it, it helped it helped me I, I can't say i understand i can't say i understand what it's like to be black because i don't but I walked out of my the, the next couple of weeks I walked out of my house afraid to go to the grocery store because it, because I, I thought to myself someone could say something to me, someone could harass me, someone could um, come out of the woodwork and just you know um, and just say hurtful words, and those are just words and it actually you know thinking about it, I was like, those are just hurtful words. I can't imagine um, say being a mother or having a brother and being afraid that every time my child or my brother or my cousin or whoever, like, you know, went for a jog or drove down the street that they'd have to fear for their lives. I just, I, like, in that, putting it into that frame of reference, it just really caused me to empathize. Not that I didn't empathize, I, I think, before, but in a new way, I think it helped me to um, empathize and, um, and try to understand and try to, um, you know, put myself in in those shoes for just a second in a different way.
1: I think for me, it just really, I mean, of course, along the lines of what Elise said and how she felt, my heart was just broken. And I think more than anything, it it made me more aware and opened my eyes even more so to how broken our world really is and how desperate our world really is for, for Jesus. And I think during this whole week, I think the Lord has really been, He's really been um, prompting my heart and really challenging me and, and really speaking to me and just saying, Christina, like my heart breaks for this world you know, and the very fact that I know I have a relationship with Christ, I, I'm I'm called to this broken world. I'm called in some way, shape, or form to stick up for the marginalized, to, um, you know, be there for the lost, to be there for those who can't speak for themselves. So, I think for, for me, it not only was, again, like, again, not that I never, I didn't empathize before, I absolutely have, and I've, oh, again, I've kind of shared a bit, I've always been raised with a healthy mindset of inclusivity. My mom was very sure I was raised that way, but I think more than anything, it just opened my eyes to the reality of just the brokenness of this world and how much these people and the bro- and this world needs Christ. And I think it just, it kind of activates you in a different way, if that makes sense. It really does, um, uh, challenge you and push you even more so for those of us who know who Christ is and have a relationship with him, it really activates that even more so. Um, and it kind of, uh, for me, it's kind of uh, unleashed a little bit of this, uh, I guess, boldness and fierceness that, I, <laughs> that I, I've just been, you know, sensing with the Holy Spirit and just really, you know, okay, God, like there is brokenness. So what are you calling us to do? You know, what is he saying to the church those of us, what is he calling the church to do? How is, how are we going to mobilize as a body to, you know, answer this, this call of brokenness? And so for me, that has been, you know, kind of my experience this week, um, along with the pain and the hurt and, and just the, the feeling of, 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 yeah, just that brokenness, feeling that hurt. And then, you know, the Lord just kind of challenging me with that and saying, okay, well, you feel this and yes, you should, but now what are you going to do with it? So it's kind of been for me this week.
2: That video is so hard to watch. (laughs) Um, I tried to watch it, and I couldn't get through it, and I tried, I had to kind of, like, really push myself to watch it. Um, I was infuriated, um, absolutely infuriated, and, you know, you always kind of know in the back of your mind that, you know, racism still exists, but when you have video evidence like plain as day right in front of you it just something something clicks um and it's mm-hmm. devastating all over again and like you said i'll i will never know what it's like um personally i will never know what it's like and what's been a, and even the responses on social media um and the stuff that's been happening um in the state specifically with um just people you know, terrorizing the cities and the protests. Um, a lot of, there have been a lot of differences of opinions as to, um, you know, is this right? Do people have the right to do this? Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of, the three of us kind of talked about this actually the other night and, you know, years and years of oppression, I can only imagine how upset people are at this point. I can't blame people for being for feeling the way that they do, and for responding the way that they are. Um, what I've found has been a little confusing has been kind of what people need at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been a lot of posts that I've seen about, you know, 10 things you need to do to help, you know, to help your um, your black friend or things like that. And then I've, there are other posts that I've seen that said, no, don't do this, don't do that. And it's been a little confusing um, at this time. It's like, I don't, I think for us, it's. I think for each person it's different. Um, I don't think we'll know exactly what to do for every single person, but it just starts with one. Um, it starts with one just by reaching out and like you were saying earlier, asking if how they're actually processing the events that have happened. Um, not so much about what you can do right in that moment, but how they're feeling, how they're processing, um, how their family has been processing the things that have been happening um, and just kind of starting with that.
5: Yeah, for myself, same thing. So everything that everybody else has said in terms of the, the anger and the indignation and the sadness, I think for myself, as as it progressed, um, and I was reading the comments. Like that's that's something that always gets me is when you read the comments, and I know I shouldn't. I just know I shouldn't, but I I just can't help it. And then it's it's hurt. It's that physical hurt, and and. And we all know that racism, it's just like a little knife, just a little bit at a time. It just nicks you, but it's cumulative. Um, And so I have to try and stop myself from that because I get to a point of resignation where it's almost, you know, there's nothing we can do. And and I love your message, what you're saying, because that's where I should be turning. And I know my wife and I have prayed, um, but um, I need to internalize that more. But for now, it's kind of... It's fresh, and, and for me, it, it brings back all of the issues around Colton Bushy, and I, and I don't know if you guys in your part of the world know about Colton Bushy, but he was a, a, a young indigenous man who was murdered here in, in, in Saskatchewan just a couple years ago, um, and, and, I, and I think of the response that came from that, um, and um, it, was, it was very hurtful. Just huge. Um, and so um, when I see this happening to other people now I think um, like it's what can you do what what can we do but it it does take one person um, and I know that that for myself I need to take responsibility for myself and and what will my response be that's that's what's gonna be um, paramount
0: well I think I think if we're really honest about racism. Uh, I was saying this to a friend the other day, like racism is actually a sin issue. It's a sin. Uh, And we always like to think about the Bible as though it's this beautiful book that just like nothing bad happens, but there's tons of systemic racism in the Bible itself. Uh, And also folks that are struggling with it. So, uh, you know, I, I think of Peter, we just celebrated Pentecost. He gets up on a, 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 when they get baptized in the spirit, everyone's, you know, he's just excited to preach. He preaches, 3,000 people come to know Jesus. Jesus is very specific about this this amazing mission that they have to the world. And he's very hesitant because he doesn't like Gentiles to the point where God actually has to give him a vision of a picnic, (laughs) right? With like all these foods. And even then in the vision, Peter's like, I can't do it. No. Uh, And he struggles so much with it that later on in the book of Galatians, Paul actually has to call him out and say, look, this guy's a hypocrite. Uh, When he's with Jewish people, he acts really Jewish, but when he's with Gentiles, he does like, he's got to be able to put this back together. Uh, I think of the story of Jonah. Jonah hated the Ninevites so much. Like he, like Jonah's a racist. And he just says, no, I don't want to do this because God wants to redeem these people and he wants to give them salvation. And he says, no. So much so he runs away and is okay with being in a a fish for three days before God actually gets to him and says, you're going to do this thing, spits him out. He goes, preaches, and he's frustrated about the fact that God is being gracious and good to these people. Like in the end of, of the book of Jonah, he's like, I knew... I'm so angry. I knew you'd be good to them. I knew you showed them grace because he hates them. This is a a human, this is a sin condition that is in people's hearts. And it's something that we have to not only face, but actually kind of call out and realize that inside of the local church, people are dealing with this because of what has gone on
3: in their own lives.